This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Went Smoking's Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea women's team. I'm your host Jane, not joined tonight by either Dean or Dane. As you and as you have seen on our Twitter, this is our this is the first of a new style of episodes where we are joined by an all-female panel to help empower the voices of women in the industry. And joining me for this one is none other than Kerry Evans from the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group. Kerry, welcome back. Thanks. It's been a long time. Great to be back. It has been a very long time. I don't know why it's been so long, but you're back. And also Meg from the CFCW Social. Meg, it's also been a long time, but it's good to have you back on. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Now, as I said, this is the first of an all-female show. And Kerry, we think it's important to help get more women heard. What do you think of our idea? It's a great initiative, actually. When I read it, I was like, I was very, I was like, I don't think many other people have thought about it doing like that. So I thought, very good. Yeah, no, it's different. I think Dean actually came up with the idea. I'm sure it was Dean. Um, So well done, Dean, for coming up with the idea. And hopefully it'll be a good feature of our show. Now, the reason we're here is to discuss last night's 1-0 win over Savet and the UEFA Women's Champions League played at Kings Meadow. Chelsea lined up in a 3-4-1-2 formation with Musovic in goal, Bright Mielder and Eriksen as the back three, Charles Ingle, G and Anderson in midfield, with Kirby behind England in current attack. Emma made full use of her subs with Leopold, Fleming and Cuthbert coming on for Ingle, England and Anderson in the 68th minute. And with five minutes to go, Wrighton and James came on for Kirby and Kerr. The unused subs were Berger, Telford, Carter, Spence and Fox. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 71% possession, 21 shots, 6 off target, 9 corners and 12 fouls. Kerry, that was Maramielda's first start in 293 days. It was a big moment, wasn't it? 
yeah, it was a huge moment because like she's a fan favorite, so we were all just so happy, and you could just sing her song when she was playing. It was just a good, it was a good, it was a good best thing about the game. Yeah, it was great to see her back, and I'm glad that she was like she got the full ninety minutes, and she. It's just so where she's been out for so long. It is so good to see her back. Meg, she was partnered with Millie Bright and Magda Eriksson. Should there be a concern that we can't rest that pair because that's it, because it's a very long season? I think it's always a risk as what, as it was last season because they're such a big part of our defence and you do really notice a difference when either are not playing because they work so well together. Yeah, I think we noticed that last season. Obviously, I don't like to go back to it, but the Brighton game where... I can't even remember which one didn't start. I think it was Millie, but I could be wrong. Might have been Magda. But we noticed in that game that you th- you saw, actually, we do need them both there. So hopefully, fingers crossed, no injuries come across them and that back two sort of will remain. And then Emma, Emma will be able to rotate the team to sort of fit the back three or a back four. Only six shots on target, much like the Villa game, we had all the possession, but not clinical enough. Kerry, how much of of that was down to Savet's defending versus Chelsea being sloppy? I think it was a mixture of both. Like, fair play to them. They learnt their lesson from the first game. They didn't give us any space. And then on our side, you could tell we made six changes. There was a few sloppy passes here and there. It just didn't look like we clicked. Like, they just looked knackered as well. But we, we have had a lot of games coming up. So I think it was a mixture of both. Yeah, I think fair play to Savet. Obviously, they knew what Chelsea were like after that 7-0 defeat. I didn't actually watch the game back properly from the 7-0 defeat, but I thought watching it last night, I was like, this isn't the sort of the same way we played last week. And not that I was disappointed. Obviously, the squad had been rotated massively, but I think it, we could have sort of worked better as a team and not take as long to score a goal. That goal did come in the 67th minute when Kirby set up Kerr. Meg, are you? What was your thoughts of think? Like, why do you think it took so long for that goal to finally go in? I think Savet really learned their lesson from the last time we played them, and they really defended very well, actually, especially in the first half. And I think, I think we've just because we've had so many games that I reckon we were just really tired that it just took 67 minutes to actually get started almost. Yeah, no, it did sort of, I thought once we had one, it would flow a bit better, which is sort of did come the 67th minute. Kerry, what was the atmosphere like in the ground and how did it feel that that goal finally went in? I think it was... It was good. I think we were tough. I think some of us were knackers because we were all over the, the shop as well. I just, and of course, you could feel the tension because, of course, we were getting chances, but nothing was happening. But once we went the goal in, it sort of gave us more energy. I felt like it was just more energy after a Sam scored. Yeah, we definitely had quite a few chances. I can't think who went to score, but everyone sitting around me thought I literally was going to fly down the stairs. I sort of celebrated so quickly and realised it hadn't gone in. But I think after that Sam goal, well, luckily my coat actually got stuck on the chair. Otherwise, I think I would have gone down the steps. On the pitch. <laughs> but luckily after that Sam goal, obviously everyone else was like gearing the team on a bit more and it just felt... I think if that goal had come a lot sooner, then I think the outcome would have been a bit different. And I think we could have scored more goals. 
but you just noticed the atmosphere in the ground once we scored it was just so good Meg last week we obviously won 7-0 away you can't blame the players for perhaps not being 100% for this can you no you can't we've had five away games with in a row with so much traveling like up and down to city and twice and to like Juventus and that was a tough game as well yeah the games we've played away have not been local away games obviously we've had to go out of the country twice up to Villa once uh we've gone to City twice it's just it's just glad I think where they had hadn't been at home for so long it was sort of just getting back in back in the swing of it really Emma, in fact, mentioned after the game, she said, we've got we got three points and a clean sheet and we're top of the group. The first half was nowhere near our standards. It improved second half, but Savet made it difficult for us. The Champions League is full of top, top teams from their respective countries, so we shouldn't be surprised. But when you win by such a large margin previously, that can happen. We have won it and we will focus on the positive and go from there. We get the feeling that less said about this game the better which is obviously not great for us podcasters but Kerry it was wasn't a classic was it no it was far from a classic but in our wins a win we're top of the league we just move on (laughs) it's I feel like it's just that is Chelsea for us they like to leave us sort of hanging and leave it to the last minute and make us wait for the goals but luckily with Wolfsburg losing yesterday as well that's obviously helped us so we was more determined for that win another good game for Sakira in goal showing more that we can rely on her now that Berger has got an injury it was good to see Sakira in goal wasn't it Meg? Yes it was it was really good to see um she's already a big part of the team as we see on social media so having her like to be able to and put out great performances is great for if Berger ever does get injured again and it's actually a bit of a relief yeah it was nice obviously the game yesterday she'd done she actually did a bit more work than what she has had to do in previous games and we sort of saw her how she can play a bit better and she did make a couple of brilliant saves yesterday the other thing that was good to see was Lauren James coming off the bench for her debut what did you make of her performance Kerry? She looked um, really like up for it. Like she, yeah, like because because we went and saw her play in the remembrance game, and she didn't look like I think because this was a Champions League home debut. Yeah. Like she just looked more. Uh, I'm ready for it. I said after the game, I said to like my mom, I said Lauren's played completely different to what she played last week, so it was good to see. And obviously, she had the support from her brother and her dad were there, so I think that also helped her as well. And she should have scored. Yes. The one when she, she was she so close. It just went like, like, that would have just topped it. But, you know, she's been up for a while. So it's like, I'm not going yeah. to blame her for missing. Another thing to... <laughs> Hopefully Sunday she might score. <laughs> On the pitch, Jane? <laughs> no. <laughs> Another fact to consider... Another factor to consider, Meg, Chelsea have pretty much set a starting eleven now. You know who's going to play a side from which from which players like Charles Anderson and England don't really have anything to play for, do they? Because they know it could impact performance. Um, I think it will impact because uh, because we have any injuries. Um, and, um, and against a good opponent, it might affect. So after that 1-0 win, we're top of the group, three points ahead. We can qualify qualify with victory over Juventus in our next match day fixture so we've got to be happy with our position now haven't we Kerry yeah that, that's what you want you want to be you want to qualify before we got Wolfsburg away so that's the most important thing exactly 
Our friends on Discord chose Sam Kerr as player of the match. Do you agree with that choice? I do. Yeah, Kerry, do you agree? I mean, I, I don't, there's not no one outstanding player you go, they definitely deserve player of the match. I know, it's I a mean, tough I probably one. Would have given it, I probably would have given it to Millie just for her crossing. But we'll just say Sam because she scored. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean it's not it wasn't like oh they definitely deserve to win it like there was no yeah. one outside in no it was one of those games wasn't it before we go to our break ahead of our Birmingham City preview we celebrated our first birthday on Thursday the 18th and if you head over to our Twitter at Mo Kings Meadow we've got two giveaways you can enter the first one, the first is to win one of four pairs of tickets to watch Chelsea take on Juventus at King's Meadow on Wednesday, the 8th of November. And the second is a, is to win a Frank Herbie printed 2021 third kit. Good luck, everyone. Join us after this break for the Birmingham preview. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live, <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to Went to My Kings Meadow. Now time for our opposition view ahead of this Sunday's WSL clash with Birmingham City. And to give us the lowdown on the opposition, returning to the show is Chris from Her Football Hub. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Great to be here once again. 
This week, Chris, we're looking at another club in England's second city, but they appear to be on the other end of the spectrum to Aston Villa. Chris, without even discussing what happened yesterday, what's been going wrong with Birmingham in recent years? It's the upper management at Birmingham City have um, not been giving the full attention to the women's team compared to other clubs in the WSL. They don't seem to be interested. So um, there's been three changes of manager in the last um, in the last two years. Um, Marta Tejador was sacked. Then Carla Ward came in, but she left on her own accord because of lots of conditions were not right. Um, the club then hired Scott Booth and um, he's not done very well at all. So um, it's it's the management within Birmingham City and the owners not financing the club. Yeah, so last night, just before the Chelsea game kicked off, we found out Scott Booth has been sacked by Birmingham. Why do you think that is the reason? Do you think that is due to the upper parts of Birmingham? Yes, I think they decided to act quickly. Um, if you look at the results so far, I think it's only two goals have been scored in 10 games, which is absolutely you know, an atrocious record to have for any team. Um, this does include the, uh, the Conti Cup games as well, but even so, only only one point and two goals from 10 games is just not good enough. And I think Birmingham are worried that if they were to continue with Scott Booth um, and results continue in the same way, they are really fighting relegation. It's between Blues and Leicester. So they thought, right, let, let's act now. If we can find a new manager, I don't know how long they're going to take to do that. But um, I imagine they're looking at the January transfer window not that they've got any money to spend but they could maybe utilize the loan market and uh, they've got a crunch game coming up um, against Leicester just before Christmas so it gives the new manager time to prepare his team um, because before then they've got the likes of Chelsea. Yeah to be fair I was shocked that when I saw that Scott Booth had been sacked it came as a bit of a shock because where Man City have sort of in this same position they've lost so many games I'm shocked that it's not happened to Gareth Taylor yet either. Did, you, did it come Absolutely. as a shock to you? No, it didn't come as a shock to me. Um, I was more shocked when they sacked Marta Tejador um, just over two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, I think Birmingham are learning. Um, the, the, there's so many issues at Birmingham that needs sorting. But as a club, I think that they are learning from some of their mistakes and they took far too long to get rid of Marta. Whereas with, uh, with Scott, even though he has got fantastic track records in Scotland, um, I don't attribute what's gone wrong at Birmingham all to Scott Booth. Um, he was a very limited budget, um, he probably wasn't able to sign all the players that he targeted and he's had to get some last minute signings in that were maybe second, third, fourth choice. Um, and I think also that, um, you know, I'm saying it's not all down to him, but if, if you want me to ask 
if you, if you ask me my opinion about him as a manager, um, I think he's struggling to find his best 11 because um, he seems every single game players are playing in different positions and it's never the same players in each position. They go from um, midfield to winger, um, fullback and the, just being moved around. So that is not helping with any consistency. Yeah, it must be tough for, tough for him. The league table doesn't look great for Birmingham. Seven games played, six defeats, one draw and a minus 14 goal difference. We can imagine coming to Kings Meadow is probably the last place the team wants to come to. I was um, watching the uh, Chelsea against Birmingham from last season where it was 6-0 to Chelsea. And on that day, Birmingham actually played... All right. Um, you know, I think the 6-0 flattered Chelsea that, that Birmingham actually held their own last season. Whereas this season, the games that I've watched, um, the team is nowhere near as it was, uh, as good as it was last season. So I really, really fear um, for what the scoreline could be. But having said that, when... Um, when Chelsea played Aston Villa, um, Emma Hayes did field a number of players that you would, you would class maybe as not necessarily an automatic starting position. So I have a feeling that Emma will do the same on, on Sunday. Yeah, I think, I think the game's going to be tough. I think you just don't know what to expect from the game. Obviously, I didn't expect the Villa game to end 1-0. Who knows what this Birmingham game can end? We could be shocked. We could both be shocked. Do you have any idea of who do you think will come in charge? Who will take charge? I know the assistant manager has stepped up, but do you think there's anyone sort of in line that could be future manager? The, the only name that's been banded about at the moment is the um, the ex-Everton manager. Um, his name escapes me at the moment, so you can help me out. Uh, Willie Kirk. Willie Kirk, that's it. So I'd be happy if Willie Kirk came in because um, over the years, he's, he's, he's done fairly well. Um, obviously, Everton had some big expectations at the beginning of this season, given all the signings they've made um, and results haven't gone that great for Everton either. So he was dismissed quickly. Um, but looking around... Um, it's not so much Birmingham being able to pick and choose who they'd like. You've got to factor in whoever that they're um, going to interview. Is that head coach going to be interested in taking Birmingham job, given all the publicity over the last couple of years in terms of what the conditions are like at, at Blues, what the budget is like, and it's, it's going to be an immensely difficult job for whoever takes it on. So I think Birmingham are going to struggle to, to find a good head coach, but Willie Kirk would be my number one choice. Yeah, when I saw when Scott had been sacked, so Willie Kirk came to my mind only because he's the only manager I know that's not with a club no more. And he, I think he would do well at Birmingham, but obviously with their... It's just finding a manager that wants to go to a club like Birmingham with all the issues they've had recently... We're guessing 11 players on the edge of the box and it'll be our job to break them down. Will that be the game plan? 
I guess so. I think, you know, Birmingham have got to try and um, hold out Chelsea for as long as possible. Um, I've been looking at the, the, the lineups that, um, which are as close to the real lineups as, as there were. And it's quite often that they've only played with four at the back. Wherever they'll, um, Tony Elliott's the, um, the stand in. Um, head coach. Um, he's traditionally a goalkeeper coach, uh, but he's worked his way up. Um, he might look at doing five at the back just to try and um, put some extra barriers there for Chelsea, but um, I don't know whether Birmingham have played that system at all. So um, essentially, it's going to be a game plan of uh, try and hold out for as long as possible and maybe uh, have one or two breaks. And, and maybe some set pieces. Who's the key players to watch from Birmingham? So, like, who should Chelsea be looking out for in this game? Um, Jade Pennock has been instrumental. Um, so she can move around either as winger or midfield, and um, she has the ability to go past people and either create an assist or, or get on the end of a shot herself. At the back, Captain Louise Quinn has been absolutely immense in putting her body on the line to be able to, um, you know, do everything that she can to, to be in the wars, you know, to, to get blocked. Um, she, she had a head wound and she, she really is playing the captain's role of whatever it takes to, to, um, to, to keep the scoreline down. Um, Going forwards as well, um, Christy Murray, it's great to have her back. She's only recently come back and she was um, brilliant last season. She, she's, I think she's only been back about two games, um, but she would be battling out in the middle middle of the park. So you've got and, a few... Um, yeah, go on. I, I was just going to say one more. Um, That's right. Lucy Quinn, I don't know whether you remember, Jane, but um, it was January 2019. It was Marta Tejedor's first game in charge where it was a game down at King's Meadow and oh, I, I think Chelsea went 2-1 up. Um, yeah, it was then, when Ellen White was still with you. Yes. Yeah. So Ellen White scored the last-minute volley. Yeah. But do you remember Lucy Quinn also scoring a worldie in that game? I think I do, um, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I so think... she's got that in her locker. Um, she actually got goal of the season for that um, goal at Kings Meadow. Um, and, and, and Lucy Quinn, if she gets the ball, you know, 30 yards out or whatever, and she gets the opportunity, you could see her take a, take a chance because she's, she's done it more than once. So we've definitely got a few players to watch out for. Kerry, have you got any questions for Chris? Um, what's the issues with the fans with, say, Andrews? Because we noticed, like, when we were out for the FA Cup, that we outnumbered Birmingham fans. Well, there's a few issues. Oh. Um, firstly, most fans don't want to play at St Andrews because it's like a 29,000-seater stadium and you're getting 800 fans. So it's it's no atmosphere. You, you, you're kind of feeling that you're watching this big arena and um, 
because the whole place is so empty, um, you're not able to create any kind of atmosphere. Whereas at Sally Hall Moors, it was you know a very small ground and everyone was close to the pitch. Um, the, the the second problem is that Birmingham have had problems with the stands themselves that um, they're falling down and they need some renovation work. So um, instead of putting the, the the fans behind the goal, which is where they put the uh, the Villa fans, they've been putting them in the paddocks and the paddocks are really really low down. Um, they've got no kind of angle to them so um as you sit there you, you know you're quite often blocked by the person in front of you because it is such a shallow angle um and those on the front row are actually lower than the pitch um and then also with st andrews it's it's that they haven't um I think, you know, it's just a place that Blues women have traditionally played at small grounds for absolute years, been going 50 years as a club. Um, they've, they've struggled every time that they've played on the big pitch at St Andrews. It may be a good quality pitch, but it is but it is a big pitch. And um, I think, you know, that the fans recognise that they just prefer the smaller grounds. Yeah, I think, as you said... If you can feel it, then that's great, but you're not going to feel it. Like, we wouldn't feel Stamford Bridge and vice versa, so. Yeah. Yeah, Kings Meadow's great. I, I look, mm -hmm. Kings Meadow is a ground. Um, if they could find something like that around Birmingham, that would be ideal, but, um, you know, there's, there's a much less choice. Chris, it was great to talk to you again. You cover a lot of women's football. So do you want to let the listeners know where they can find you and your work? Yeah, of course. Um, so um, I'm a writer for Her Football Hub, so I, I put out articles through there. Um, I'm on Twitter at Chris Woso Writer um, is the Twitter handle. Um, and... I cover all of Woso, but the, the three teams I like to focus on, the three teams that I follow, uh, Birmingham City, Aston Villa and Coventry United. Thank you, Chris. We'll make sure the links for all that will be in the description box of this episode. Join me after this break where we'll be looking at the game from the Chelsea perspective. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back to Went to Moking's Meadow. Now time to look at Chelsea ahead of this one. We can't afford any slip-ups in the league as, as we chase down Arsenal. So Kerry, expecting the strongest possible team for this one, aren't we? Yeah, I think she'll play the players that was rested yesterday on Sunday. Meg, any concerns like last night that we won't find our rhythm? I don't have much much of a concern um, because I'm sure Emma's probably worked on that since yesterday. Um, so I'm not too worried. Yeah, I think it'll be a completely different game just with what the team, what Birmingham are like at the minute. Kerry, we saw Marin complete 90 minutes last night. 
I do I don't think she will play on Sunday. If she does play, it won't be for very long. Do you think the same? Yeah, I would you can't risk especially her coming back from a knee injury and it's only been like two days. So you're either gonna start her and make her come off or she'll come on as a sub. Yes, definitely. Meg, it's the last game before international break and the FA Cup final. So we want to end on a real high, won't we? Yes, definitely. A good performance and a win with knock on wood, no new injuries would be a great way to end before the international break. <laughs> definitely. Um, Kerry, obviously Birmingham have no manager. Their assistant coach has stepped in. Do you think that's going to affect the way they play or do you think Chelsea are going to have an advantage where they've not really got a manager set in stone? Yeah, I guess because it's the assistant, he, he would play the similar way that they've played all season, I would have assumed. I don't really, I haven't watched enough Birmingham to see how they play, but you would assume if it, he will use the same tactics. Yeah, you'd assume so. Obviously, we just heard from Chris that by the sound of it, their players don't play in fixed positions. They sort of play where they want of such so it will it will be interesting to see what happens and having said that Meg we've already seen this season Birmingham have been battered by some average teams should Chelsea be smelling blood here and really ramping up that goal difference because that could because that could be really important come the end of this season yeah I think just go all for it because sometimes goal difference can actually be the difference between finishing places so getting a good goal difference in this season is important yeah we really want to try and build the goals up against teams that are sort of easier to score goals against just because who knows how this season's going to end I do have a feeling it could come down to goal difference so we do want as many goals I think we are only a couple behind Arsenal so we've not got that much to catch up with but we all know what Arsenal are like they can score goals Hopefully we win this game early on and Lauren James can get a few more minutes than she did last night and perhaps even a first goal in front of our fans. That would be a great moment for us all, wouldn't it, Kerry? Yeah, because we've waited a long time for her to start, so if she scores, I think seems. Yeah, it'll be a brilliant. It'll be just brilliant to see her score, just because, like you said, we've been waiting so long. So I've come up with a team prediction of what I think the team's going to be Sunday. I've got Musovic in goal, Bright, Carter, Eriksson, Cuthbert, Spence, Leopold, Wright and Fleming, Kirby and Kerr. I've chosen Spence and Leopold because they played great together last time out. But that could easily be G or Ingle there. Kerry, what are your thoughts on the lineup? I think it's a strong lineup, whoever we pick, but I think if you're gonna we just if we're going off the goals, that's like that's the perfect lineup. Yeah, Meg, would you change anything to that or would you keep it the same? No, I'd keep it the same, yeah. Kerry, what's your score predictions for this game? I'll let you go first. Well, my score prediction yesterday didn't quite go to plan. I'm going to go 3-0 Chelsea. 3-0. Meg, what about you? I actually went 4-0. 4-0. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with what I predicted yesterday's game. I'm going to go 5-0, just to change it up and hope there's going to be some more goals. <laughs> so hopefully one of us will be right. I was proud of myself for the City game. I managed to get that one right, and I literally just said the first number that came to my head. So hopefully I'll get it right again. We'll soon see. 
But that's all we've got time for this week. We really hope you've enjoyed listening to us. Any feedback on this format would be greatly appreciated. So you can email us, tweet us, write us a postcard, whatever. We'd love to hear it. If you want more from us, then sign up to our Patreon and jump jump onto our Discord server for daily chats on the Chelsea FC women's team. Kerry, great to see you again. Why don't you tell the listeners where you can find you, where they can find you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter is just Kerry Kerry Evans. It's my handle. Perfect. And Meg, I'm glad Dean finally managed to set a date with you and come back on. We won't leave it as long this time. It's been lovely. Do you want to let the people know where what your Twitter handle is as well? Um, it's just Meg Ahern with two Gs. Perfect. Right, that's all we've got here for tonight. We'll be back next time to review the Birmingham City game. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at Mokies Meadow. Enter our two giveaway competitions. Follow me at Jane Chapel X. And until next time, from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.